Uh, welcome to the podcast. Um, seamless. Seamless. Uh, my name is Gabor, um, and I'm here with... Uh, hey, welcome. I'm Alex, and this is the super fun, awesome, happy time paddle show podcast. That's the one. Did I get that right? <coughs> you sure did. Welcome. Uh, episode 42, I believe. Wow. And you hope. <laughs> um... Welcome to the show. Uh, please, before we even start, a uh, big thank you to everyone for uh, listening. A big thank you to, hang on, uh, while I'm here. Actually, before I say a big thank you, um, uh, please make sure to do this thing we always do, where um, whatever it is you're looking at while um, you're listening to this, uh, you don't have to be in it, just wh wherever you are as, you, as you're listening to this. Um, take a photo, send it to us. Um, we would love to know um, where you are, what you're doing. Uh, and on that note, I would like to say another thank you to Ram Jorn. Uh, now, Ram Hello. from the US sent us, he sent us a picture a, week, a couple of weeks ago, I think, and then he sent us another picture now, and it's just dark Yeah, just with his phone screen. <coughs> so he's looking at darkness. So hello, Ram, and thank you very much for sending us the message, the photo. And then uh, Ronan, Ronan Marie from uh, En Francais um, sent us another thing. I think he linked, he linked me, there's a picture um, on Instagram. Mm. Um, uh, Anasounds, Alex from uh, Anasounds did a rack mount switcher. Oh, really? Did you see that? Excuse me. No, I didn't. Um, and he linked, I think it was Ron, uh, Ronan who linked me, like tagged me on it. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty cool. And I messaged Alex and he was saying, um, he does all this custom shop stuff. It's kind of driving me crazy, but <laughs> it's, it's pretty fun. And yeah, it's a rack around switcher. Like, I think it has like actual little physical switches on it so you can turn loops on and off. Oh, interesting. <coughs> hey, I'm speaking of... For J Julien Biton. And it's that Biton fuzz, the fuzz that looks like a cracker with a bite taken out of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's for his oh, right. pedal board. So he sent, uh, and he sent, oh, hi, another French guy who makes great pedals, Zorg Effects. You might find them useful. I don't think there's a lot of pedals like the Blow on the market today. And mm. he sent me a link to the Blow, and the internet is rather slow at the moment. But I believe it's like a preampy kind of pedal, but with some... Zorg, that rings a bell. Zorg. Do you have a picture? Yeah, yeah, I think they were at that... Um, Trade show you were at yeah, in, in Paris. Yeah, guitar show I went to in Paris. The blow is a preamp for static or condenser mics with a jack effect loop for guitar effects pedals. No, cool. That's That would be handy for saxophone effects. Ooh, maybe we should talk to the guys at Zorg. If you know what I mean. Because we're, we're, we're going to do a video shortly with um, a good friend of ours who's a sax player yeah. about effects that would work well on a saxophone. Is um. He's re really not very tech savvy at all. No. No. But, but he's a great player. He loves the idea, loves the concept. I don't uh, think he likes the idea of doing too much about it though. But yeah. Yeah, so that <coughs> that's a very interesting pedal. <coughs> the Blow by Zorg Effects. So we might have to get in touch with those guys. Thank you very much, uh, Ronan or Ronan. And he said, uh, I apologize. He apologizes for his English. I very much apologize for my French pronunciation. Of Julien Buton. I don't know if that's right. It sounds good though. Uh, and Ronan Marie. Uh, merci beaucoup. 
Um, so yes, thank you very much to you two guys for sending um, some messages and saying hello. Did anyone email us, by the way? But um, you, you talk to them for a moment. Uh, I think I just thought of, um, have you seen on the, on the internet, um, Anastasia's have a new overdrive, which is a Marshall. Yes, Marshall, the high voltage. Which turns out I've actually played. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. at that trade show. Yeah, it was a prototype with some, some Nico Pen um, writing on the top. Sounds good. Yeah, it did sound good. I did send Alex a message and said, oh, if you need a video of it. Oh, yeah. That's cool. And then the next day, Henning had a video, video out. And I think Andy from... Uh, Reverb. Reverb now. Yeah. He had a video out and I thought, okay, well, we're not quite as high up in that. Um, oh, and then um, different note, but for the podcast as well, I got a message back from um, uh, uh, Gary Walton of Walton Guitars. Okay. And he's the man who runs the coffee shop slash, slash workshop slash gallery in Noosa here in, cool. on the Sunshine Coast. Yep. Uh, so him and Sean Hancock from Hancock Guitars mm. and possibly whoever the guys from Colquist Guitars, Brisbane maker, uh, they sh most likely will be on a show shortly. Yeah, cool. So um, stay tuned for that. Nice. So in exciting stuff. So this is another show where it's just us. Um, I'm still a bit sick. I have a chest infection. So we were going to go, possibly going to go and see some people today. Uh, we're talking to um, our friend Scott Watman, who... Um, Kevin. Seems to be interested in being on a podcast. He, he said it sounds like it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and he's the man who has Axe Effects, Kemper, and Helix. Uh, and a kick-ass studio. Big studio um, in Burley Heads, I believe. So, southern parts of the Gold Coast. Um, so, we might go there and check it out at some stage. And then... Sounds uh, great. Been talking about it for a while, but Henning Parley from HP42 said he'll be on, but... I haven't. I actually haven't gotten back to him because um, he he said after um, Torman Gearhead yeah. University, and I haven't actually been in touch with him since. Um, <coughs> speaking of which, have you seen more videos from the Torman Gearhead University? Yeah, yeah. Um, just watched some last night. Actually, the ones I was watching were the setting up ones, like the uh, behind the scenes, which are interesting. I find yeah, them interesting, yeah. um, especially because we do videos ourselves, obviously. So, just seeing how other people set up. And they do all the live switching live, like the video switching yeah. camera, camera angles, um, which is must save so much time. <coughs> it's interesting when you watch... But you need manpower for that. No, no, but you watch the Sonic State reviews. Mm. Is it Nick Bat or whatever? The main guy, the main Sonic State guy. When he does the reviews in the studio, yeah. he's there by himself and he has, I think, an iPad... And the iPad, oh, he switches the cameras himself. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So uh, we should look into something like that because that That'd would make cool. life much, much easier. Yeah, yeah. Um, than editing it later. <coughs> we're kind of both in that, both in the same boat where we like playing with video stuff, but we haven't come from a video background. No. So kind of learning as we go. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Know very little about it. It's a bit of a hobby, but... And, and time is always an issue too with, and, um, with, with um, work, with being a full-time musician slash guitar teacher slash parent mm. slash husband lover all that sort of stuff <laughs> anyway um part-time lover part-time lover um yeah i watched a few of the um the Tagoo 18 videos and um, yeah. there's some interesting stuff there uh, definitely would be would have been interesting to be there 
yeah. Did you see there's that? I always forget what her name is, but it's this girl. She and she taps, like she plays pretty much all tapping. Yeah, I think I know. Yeah, whatever um, her name I don't is. Don't know her name either. She was pretty like wild, interesting stuff. Yeah, like very unique the way she was playing stuff. I guess because it's all tapped. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there were some interesting characters there. Like, um, definitely more variety of people than um, at the other event last year. Gitcon. Gitcon, yes. Yeah. Uh, did you watch that one? The one uh, that pedal show and uh, the is it Gear Gods? Where he was trying to make them sound bad. Yeah, they sound shitty. <laughs> the, that was a fun video. That was funny. That was good. So basically, um, they failed making pedal sound crap. Yeah, he kept he kept saying um, that yeah that pedal guy, show guys stop playing so good. Yeah, you make everything sound good even when it's crap. It was fun. Yeah, there's there's lots of good videos and so hopefully we'll talk to Henning about that soon um, when he's on the show. I should I'll, I'll message him again today yep. later on today and see. See when, if and when we could go on. Um, speaking of really awesome videos, uh, we did a bunch of videos today. Oh my god, we did <laughs> like the most amazing videos today. Oh my god! <clears throat> so we were going to last week. We were going to do the FT Electronica absinthe, mm. but we had some camera issues, so we didn't. Um, but we did it today. And so, what are your thoughts? That was. Uh, was it the first time you heard it? Other than, as in played it? I think it was. Uh, maybe a little bit, but not... Oh, last week a tiny little bit. In depth, no. Yeah. What, what were your thoughts? Um, it's pretty cool. It's wild. It's actually quite versatile. Super versatile. I guess because of the 18 knobs. Yes. It helps with the versatility. Yes. Uh, hmm. I could see, once you spent couple of months with it <laughs> once you actually get to know how to use it and i still don't really know exactly how to use yeah. it so i was sort of just winging it uh, hello valeria by the way um yeah hello buongiorno so yeah go from italian french to italian just like that buonasera come stai andiamo si si yeah pizza <laughs> i don't know i did um, just silly side note mm -hmm. i did i actually did italian at school oh yeah for a little while <coughs> And there was one time we were sitting there, myself and a friend of mine, <coughs> and a teacher, she looked over at my friend, Andrew, and um, she said, oh, say stanko. And he goes, stanko? And she goes, no, 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 say stanko. And he goes, stanko? And she goes, no, 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 no. And it went on for a little while. <laughs> but say stanko means, are you tired? Uh, yeah. It was funny. <laughs> anyway, side note, back to your story. <laughs> nice. Yes. What were we talking about? The absinthe. Oh yeah, that thing. Um, yeah, it's cool. I think it could actually be really usable and practical, even though it's kind of mental and crazy and does heaps of stuff. Even um, we started to get some cool sounds, especially with um, bass. Was fun. Yeah, bass sounded really good on it. Yeah. Um, I think on the guitar, um, some of the just just using the filters sounded really good. Mm, and the modulation stuff. Yeah. It's cool. Um, and even just using, having everything off and just uh, the knob that's called pulse, yep. which is almost like a fuzz, even just that sounds really good too. It's that kind of very square wave, bit crushy kind of fuzz. I should quickly check because it's, I, I forgot what it was on the, sh on <coughs> the video, but it's based on a <coughs> DIY thing. Oh yeah. 
<coughs> God, sorry, I'm coughing. Um, I'll quickly check what it's based on. Sure. But yeah, it was. It's a. It's a really cool, really versatile pedal, and uh, I think all his stuff. Um, he also does a thing called um, the Schumann P2 or something like that. Uh, yeah. Um, which is another one of those. Um, uh, uh, it's based on an existing synth. Right. Uh, it looks really, really cool, and it's another one of those ones that I would very much like to get a hand on. Ah, here we go. Speak it, sorry. So the Absinthe is based on the music from Outer Space Guitar Synth, hmm. which is a um, MFOS. Oh, sorry, MFOS Subcommander. So the music from Outer Space Subcommander, right. which cool. is a guitar synthesizer. And I think it's like a, a MFOS is like BYOC. Sure. It's like a like build your own thing, yep. and it's bad. But I think BYOC is clones, yeah. Whereas the MFOS stuff is oh, their own things, new, like new designs, new designs, but yeah. as kits. Cool. And it's based on the MFOS music from outer space sub commander. Speaking of kits. Speaking of kits. Speaking of segues. Yes. Hey, um, did you see Earthquake and Devices? I was starting to do some kits. Yes, I saw that. From some of their discontinued models. Yeah. They're in conjunction with uh, another company that escapes me right now. <coughs> and, um, <coughs> yeah, it's kind of, it's quite a neat idea. Yeah. Yeah. Get people to build the stuff themselves. Well, there's also, I mean, on a different note, but uh, it looks really interesting, um, uh, Dreadbox. Yeah. We've done the tremolo pedal. But Dreadbox has discontinued some of their standalone... Um, since like desktop stents, yep. but now they're making them as either a um, Euro rack mm -hmm. or um, standalone thing, but you build it yourself cool. and it's like half the price. Sure, yeah. Components in pedals aren't very expensive, it's the, the labor and the well, it's the, R the research and stuff, yeah. The and um, things like getting enclosures screen printed and yeah. that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, it's a cool idea because the whole, like, guitar pedal building commu community is fairly big now. It's huge, you know. Everyone builds pedals. Yeah. Actually, there's a um, Facebook group, an international one, called Guitar Pedal Builders or something. There's lots of good info on there. Oh, cool. Yeah. <coughs> if I was in any way, shape, or form <coughs> good at any kind of... Coughing. Well, I'm good at coughing. Um, no, any kind of like soldering and electronic stuff, mm. I would try and do my own stuff, but I'm useless at it. I can't solder for the life of me. Do you want to try or just not care? Uh, Is it one of those things? Or just... I did try for a while because yeah. I worked at a music shop for a while and I did a lot of repairs and restringing and I apologize to everyone who had a repair from me because if there was any <laughs> soldering involved, it wasn't very well done. But... Um, yeah, I'm just not. I just not good at it. It's not my kind of thing. Okay. Um, just you know, yeah. Mm. Um, oh, we also did today in with videos. We did the silicon fuzz factory. Yeah, yeah. And we did that versus the standard germanium fuzz factory, and then we did it on bass as well. Now, what are your thoughts on that, Alex? I really like the new one. It's good, isn't it? Silicon, yeah. It's fatter. It's like thicker. Little, once again, a little bit more practical. Maybe, yeah. 
maybe a bit easier to handle yeah. than, than the other one. Easy to steer. Whereas one of the things I really like about the Fast Factory is the fact that it's sort of a bit unpredictable at times. Mm. You, can still, <coughs> you can still get that, like with um, the compression and the gate controls, and you still get oscillation. And, and the stab. Yeah, stab stuff. Stab stuff. Um, like you get high pitchy stuff and tune the uh, feedback. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. But still, we can get like fuzz tones. <coughs> <coughs> yeah, the Velcro fuzz, yeah. uh, which is the preset I thought sounded really cool. And um, I probably like the silicon one better on a guitar, but on a bass, the germanium one was just awesome. Just had something. You lost a little bit of bottom end and body. Oh, but you made up. But it was... It's just, wow, the rest of it was it just takes more attitude, eh? Much more. It was really cool. Yeah. yeah. Actually, it sounds really cool on, on I think, on bass. Mm -hmm. You'd need one of those. I'd love to actually try that. Uh, and I did email him, but I haven't heard back from him yet. Uh, Tim Brennan from Tim Guitars. Uh, he makes this pedal called the Big Bottom. Oh, yeah. Which is a... Basically, a um, crossover. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, so, you plug, and it's meant for bass. You plug your bass in, you have a line out that goes to your amp, and then you have an effects loop in it. But that effects loop only is from above a certain frequency range. Gotcha. And you can turn it on and off. So, you can put your, like a fuzz in it or whatever you want in it, mm. and it will still let the bottom end clean through of the bass it's cool yeah. or you can blend as much as you want i think you can have it like all wet or all dry you know and everything in between but yeah you can have it so it retains some of the bottom end and just lets a dry signal through through any pedal cool. and i think it's really cool mm. uh, there is another one called blender i think it might be from exotic effects or something that sort of yin yang looking one yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i've seen it but too. That, i don't think that has the crossover well, that was especially done as a, as for bass. Yeah. So everything below a certain frequency, mm. it just lets clean through. It's a great idea. Yeah. I, like my bass crybaby, the wah, that does that with the filter. Ah. The wah filter, it only affects mid-range and high frequencies. Ah. The bass is unaffected, yeah. Well, there you go. So otherwise, if you go get all funky, <sighs> funky air. you lose all your booty. See? Well, I had a, I had a friend... Um, I don't know, who may or may not be listening, who lives in Sweden now, um, Dylan. Mm. We call him the God of Thunder. But Dylan, if you're listening, Dylan, hello, Dylan. Welcome in, in um, well, hello in, all the way in Sweden. But he, um, very imposing guy, like my height, but um, a bit more... Manly? Well, manly is maybe not the right word. A bit more... <laughs> no, it's manly. Uh, like physically inclined, like a bit more muscly. Sure. Um, physically inclined. Physically <laughs> inclined. <laughs> and uh, like really tall guy, long blonde hair, yeah. and used to always wear very like vinyl pants and stuff, like very like uh, Swedish. No, not Swedish. <laughs> like he lived here. Like he's yeah. from here. But um, um, anyway, and he plays. Uh, he, he played in in lots of different bands here, and always quite sort of heavy stuff. And I remember he used to have a bass wire for his guitar because I think he used to tune yeah. down quite a bit. Yeah. And right. he and it sounded really cool actually. The bass wire on the guitar. Mm. Yeah, I have tried it on, on guitar. It's cool. But, it's a different flavor. Yeah, but because the um, it's tuned to that crossover thing with the filter the, on, on the bass wire, guitar it doesn't really go down that low much. Okay. So well, maybe I think because he just kind of a wire. I think he tuned down quite low. Yeah, like maybe C, that's C or something. 
yeah, like dropsy or something like that. That would make sense. And then he had to, because he was always, back in the days, we went to uni together. Oh, yeah. um, and he was very into like White Zombie and that sort of stuff back then, yeah, which yeah. was all, I think it was all like dropsy and super super low, uh, which is actually, I used to, I, I, that's a band <coughs> I haven't listened to in a long time. Mm. I always liked them, White Zombie or Rob Zombie. Yep. Anyway, um, <coughs> coughing again, sorry. Um, oh, yeah, um, you sent me the link the other day. What was the guy's name? The, the man who invented fuzz? Glenn. Glenn, Glenn Sh Shoddy or something like that? Uh, let me double check surname. I keep forgetting his surname. Soddy? Shoddy? Glenn, Glenn, Glenn. Well, he's the man. Anyway, he passed away. He was 96 years old. Snoddy. Snoddy? Yeah. Not snotty, but snoddy. D. D, D, D. 96 yeah. years old, and he accidentally invented the fuzz that ended up being on Satisfaction. Yeah. So, he was... I read the article on... Um, I read most of the... Or some of the there's articles. There's a few articles online. Check it out. Cause, um, I didn't know much about him until it came up. You know where I came across it? Uh, it was the Pedal Boards of Doom Facebook group. Okay. And someone in far north Queensland uh, read an article in their local newspaper about it. In the, About him dying? Yeah. In a local newspaper? In north Queensland. Wow, okay. I think it was Townsville Cairns. And, um, there must be someone who plays guitar. Working at the newspaper. Working at the newspaper, because otherwise. Yeah, and there's just like a little column. Saying, uh, and then uh, got me um, thinking about... Didn't, didn't even know the name so I checked them out and there's a, yeah, a few articles online um, one I read was I think New York Times and there's one on <coughs> breatheverb.com okay they did an article about him and um, yeah so I did some research and it turns out he was an audio recording engineer and doing some country albums he even worked on like some Johnny Cash stuff I think recorded um, Ring of Fire maybe okay that kind of <coughs> As a recording engineer, or yeah, recording yeah. engineer, and he was doing a country album, and uh, this guitar solo happened in the studio, and the transformer blew up in the in the guitar amp, and made it all fuzzy and crunchy. And both him, the the artist, didn't want to wanted to retrack it, want to re redo the guitar part, but both him and the other engineer or producer who was in the control room. Like, no, that's really unique. We should keep that. And they end up keeping it on the record. Okay. And it's, and then he spent next, I think it might have been, it's, um, I weren't quite sure the timeline, but it might have been a few weeks or a few months, tinkering with um, circuits to replicate that sound. Okay. Ends up coming with, up with a um, pedal called a fuzz tone. And then, um, yeah, basically that recording got some airplay and became a, a um, bit of a hit at the time and then end up yeah being used that circuit being, was the um, satisfaction intro riff isn't that also the story of Ike Turner having a blown speaker or something like that and that's possibly yeah that I, I've heard I was so just trying to look that up online actually but that's sort of one of the things of, because I actually looked it up. Well, it just came in the mid fifties. Guitar distortion, blah 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 blah. Ah, oh, it was just it it. 
created in early in a decade for accidental damage to amps, such as in the popular early recording of the 1951 Ike Turner and the Kings of Rhythm song Rocket 88. Yeah, wow. The, uh, where guitarist Willie Kizart used to vacuum tube, tube amplifier that had a speaker blown. Yeah, yeah. I've heard about people slashing speakers with a knife. Because that's the story I always heard, that it yeah. was... But that's probably later than the <coughs> Well, when was Satisfaction? Oh, early 60s, I think. So when, when does it say in that article when that guy, when it happened? Um, okay. Satisfaction is a 1965 hit. Okay. But is that okay? But now, so what Ike Turner did was overdrive distortion. So this and that's fuzz. This is fuzz. This so is, is that two different things then? Yeah, fuzz is actually a um a device like it's a okay. pedal. But the um oh yeah, it was nineteen sixty one that first original recording happened with um, Marty Robbins, uh, country singer Marty Robbins on a single called "Don't Worry." I should look that up. Nineteen fifty seven. Sixty one. Sixty one. Oh, sorry. Okay. And um, so that's when the first that particular fuzz sixty one was, yeah. <coughs> Before then, it was just overdrive, cranking amps, yeah. cranking amps with blown speakers. Yeah, probably. Which I guess had a fuzzy tone too, but yeah. it wasn't considered fuzz. It's probably just. <coughs> sorry. Um, sorry. Sorry. To... <coughs> I'll keep coughing. I've got a chest infection. What can I say? Um, I've had this for like three weeks. Imagine coughing for three weeks. No way. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So, um, Glenn Snoddy, Snoddy uh, passed away with 96 years. So, sad to hear, but interesting to know that he's the yeah. man invented fuzz. And hopefully you can... More people learn about him. It's pretty big kind of impact he had very big impact it's interesting because i i wonder because i've got it on dvd there's a um there's a it's kind of like a documentary about fuzz mm. it's was it fuzz the sound that took the world by storm or something like that yeah okay i think but i, know. I don't remember them mentioning that guy yeah. maybe they did maybe i missed that or maybe i can't remember that but that's quite interesting <coughs> yeah it's quite interesting and that's the video well, if you watch it and you listen carefully, that's where many, 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 many years before GitCon last year, you could see Gearman dude's face because right. he was being interviewed, yeah, and yeah. you can hear the voice instantly. As soon as you, if you, if you listen, yeah, right. you can instantly hear that it's him, and you can tell that it's not Jack Black. There is a video of him at Nam, I think. Yeah, but I mean, it really was <laughs> um, at Git GitCon last year. He was at GitCon and. Yeah. Everyone was like, oh my God, that's, that's Gearman, dude. That's what he looks like. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, great. But yeah, interesting. If, if anyone out there wants to watch, it's, it's an interesting um, kind of movie documentary thing. Mm. I think it's, oh God, I look it up. It's Fuzz, the sound that conquered the world or something like that. Uh, fuzz movie. <laughs> Hot Fuzz. Oh. It's going to come up with that, isn't it? <laughs> Fuzz, yeah, with Bud Reynolds. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm talking about. Have you, seen, have you seen Hot Fuzz? Probably. Oh, is that with that English guy? Yeah, um, yes, I have seen that. It's great. Uh, Love Hot Fuzz. So good. 
Sounds... And Shaun of the Dead, too. Have you seen Shaun of the Dead? Yes, I have, yeah. yes. Uh, what is it called? I'm trying to find it. Fuzz, the sound that revolutionized the world. Uh, and I actually bought it off uh, at Tim Guitar in Brisbane. Tim, oh. T-Y-M Guitar. So uh, it's available there. And it's a rockumentary, it says here. A <laughs> rockumentary. Released in 2007. And it's got like, it's got lots of famous people in it. Mm. Um, talking about all the different fuzzes and, and all that sort of stuff. So Have you seen It Might Get Loud? Yes, yeah, I have. Um, um, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I always find it interesting when you, like, um, to me, it's always kind of, there's that one scene where um, the three of them, Jimmy Page, yep. The Edge, and Jack Black. Jack, Jack Black? White. Jack White. <laughs> the other colour. Um, uh, standing around and Ed, I think maybe they're talking about cashmere or something like that. Mm. And Jimmy Page gets up and grabs his guitar and... You can see even a guy like The Edge, who's yeah. like in the biggest band in the world, yeah. he kind of you can tell he's kind of standing there, kind of going, "Oh shit, this is Jimmy Page <laughs> playing Cashmere right in front of me right now." Yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. Like it would be pretty cool to have They'd become music fans again. Yeah, to kind of for someone like The Edge, kind of be a little bit giddy, almost going, "Yeah, that's 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 Jimmy Page, the teenage boy again." Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really cool. <coughs> <coughs> I actually like. <coughs> I really like. There's that one bit where the edges in his um, his like studio, not or not or it's like a rehearsal space, like a rehearsal space with yeah. all these crap loads of effects. Yeah. Um, and it's like he's a lap dog. That what's his name? Dallas. The the gear. The the guy who looks after his gear. Oh, okay. Dallas Shoe is that his name? Something like that. Not sure. The guy and he's like almost like a little lap dog running, doing mm -hmm. stuff all the time. But I like the f I like how he just stands and he plays his riff, and he goes and well without effects it's just blong blong, <laughs> and it's nothing. He goes, but then you turn the effects on and it's like blong, and all these other sounds. It's kind of cool. Um, <coughs> it's a good. They're both good movies. Mm. Very interesting to watch. There's actually another really good one, um, which uh, oh, I think it's. Is it Henry Kaiser? Not Henry Kaiser. Henry Kaiser is the, the YouTube guy. Okay. Some other Kaiser. Something Kaiser. I don't know. Something Kaiser and Nels Klein oh, yeah. um, did a video. Um, they did... There was a, a um, an exhibition of some sort, art exhibition or some sort of exhibition, yeah. maybe in San Francisco somewhere, about effects pedals. Right. And there was a room where there was all these effects pedals just plugged in and they all just made noise by themselves and people just walk could walk around and twiddle with knobs and make noises. Yeah, wow. And they did a video of that and a video of um, them. They brought like, I don't know, 200 pedals from their own collection. Mm. Um, and they sort of go, okay, fuzz. And they show like, okay, so this is what a fuzz sounds like. And you get like five different fuzz pedals. Yep. This is the different fuzzes. And okay, distortion, you know, overdrive, modulation. And they get all these different pedals and, and show them. Yeah, right. I thought it was really cool. I've got that at home somewhere as well. I can't remember what it's called. That sounds quite But it's, um, it's a really cool, um, actually, I looked this up again. Really, really interesting video. Um, hang on, Nels Klein. And let's just type in Kaiser. Uh, pedals. <laughs> DVD. 
Um, the Art of the Stomp Box. That's what it's called. Okay. Uh, Henry Kaiser. But what's a guy on YouTube called? I don't know. Something Kaiser. But I think it's spelled differently. But yeah, Henry Kaiser and Nels Klein, um, The Art of, Art of the Stomp Box. It's really quite interesting, and they go yeah. through stuff and show different stuff, and yeah. um, he shows like they show like some of these old collectible pedals they have, and yeah. um, they have this huge table and floor just covered in pedals, wow, and cool. he just go through stuff. It's really interesting. Um, <coughs> if you want to uh, watch that, mm. um, sounds cool. Actually, while while we're talking about good videos, and it's something I was gonna try and do something similar like that with a friend of mine but it never eventuated speaking of Nels Klein Nels uh, I, I'm a, I, I love Nels Klein I'm a big fan I, uh, it, a lot it's it's actually funny I, I um, anyway different story let's not get into that no but he does this he did this tour and what was it called something Radiance um, and there's videos out of it as well um, oh, what is it called hang on sorry Nels Klein uh <laughs> Uh, lots, it, lots of homework today. Lots of homework. Yeah, um, all this stuff up. It's uh, uh, it's basically him and an artist, and the artist does live art. Yeah, yeah. And he, like, improvised, hmm. and he plays improvised music, and the music inspires the artist, and the art inspires the musician. Wow. And cool. it's really, really good. Um, what is it? Something radiance, stained radiance. It's mm. really, really cool. Um, wow. It's Nort. Uh, that's right, Norton Wisdom. That's a cool concept. Is the artist? Yeah, it is. He, they did that for quite a while. He did a, like a big tour in America with that, and he has um, <coughs> the the art is kind of like uh, if you get a chance, check. There's lots of clips on YouTube. It's really really cool. Yeah. It's really sort of ambient stuff. Yeah. Um, I can <laughs> and uh, but um, the canvas is almost like a. a it looks almost like a whiteboard kind of thing, mm. but a bit maybe translucent, and there's light behind it. Okay. And he puts this sort of with a, like a sponge kind of thing. He puts this sort of almost black stuff on it, yeah. which gets rid of the light that shines through. And then he uses like his fingers and little like spatula kind of thingies yeah. to kind of get rid of the stuff he scraped on with the or put on with the sponge, yeah. so the light shines through. Right. It's really cool. And then the thing is also then he sprays water on it and it starts running and then he can kind of go over it and stuff. It's really how it sort of evolves. Wow. So the painting evolves That's and the neat. music kind of evolves and they kind of both inspire each other live. <laughs> it's really interesting. Stained Radiance. If you get a chance, check it out. Um, and I was going to do try and do something similar mm. with a friend of mine. Um, she's a great artist. Um, she moved to Melbourne now, but she used to live up here. Um, 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 God, I can't, my brain fire, I can't even think of her name right now. Evangeline. Um, I have a painting of hers at my house. Um, <coughs> she did this thing. She worked as a graphic artist yeah. on a side. Well, that was a day job. And then she was an artist on a side, but she always wanted to be more of an artist. Okay. And she, she did some really cool stuff. Um, yeah. And she had music sort of, a lot of her paintings involved music. And she did a lot with a guy called Lindsay Pollock. Yeah, I know. Um, like he's quite well known. Um, another video, actually, it's quite interesting. If you check out Lindsay Pollock, he does a thing where he makes a, a wind instrument out of a carrot. Yes. Um, it's like with, a clarinet type. 
clarinet kind of oh, thing. He puts a reed in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he did a TED talk, I think, doing that. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, check that out as well. Lindsay Pollock, um, carrot. Clarinet, <laughs> carrot trumpet. I don't know what it is. Carrot Carrotnet. It's really interesting. He actually makes it. He builds, like he takes a carrot and he hollows it out and does mm. all this stuff. And then he plays and it sounds killer. And he does other weird stuff where he, um, him and another friend of ours, um, um, God, I can't think of his name. Other, um, not No, um, other sax player, um, Rick Elstead. Oh, yeah. They do a thing where they're dressed up as um, bike riders, like push bike riders. Yeah. Have you seen that? No, no. And they ride bikes on the stage. Yeah. And then he pulls like the seat out and yeah. there's holes drilled into the, the pipe that the seat is on. And then he puts a reed in it and he plays the, they play like wow. parts of the bike. That's nuts. It's really, yeah, he does some weird stuff. He's really cool. Lindsay Pollock. Yeah, I've seen, um, I've seen him a couple of times. He's, he's great. He's local here. But, um, he's, he's, he's local here, but he's, I think he's quite well known all around. Like yeah. getting to the point where he's quite well known. Um, Anyway, yes, she did a lot of stuff, Evangeline um, mm. uh, Cacianero, I think her last name. She's like a Spanish-American-Australian. Right. Um, or Van, everyone calls her Van. Um, anyway, and then she did this thing. Um, I'm getting sort of sidetracked again. This is turning to a Seinfeld <laughs> thing again. But she did this thing where she, um, she, and it actually got Australian-wide coverage. Mm. She did this thing where she quit her job, and she was going to, um, she said, but she was doing this kind of, it was an art thing like an um um uh, what's it called like a like an uh, the, the the concept conceptual art thing sure. she was saying for a year can she sell one painting every week which will make her enough money to pay her rent every week just to get by okay um and she did for a year she did it and we bought one of the very first ones cool. uh, which was a um like a guitar and it's hanging at my place yeah right. Um, she's a really good artist and like really interesting stuff. Does lots of different things, and I was gonna ma I was gonna maybe do something like that with her. Yeah, wow. But then children got in the way and things got in the way and yeah. I was actually gonna get her to um, at one stage as well. I was gonna get her, give her a uh, uh, I was gonna buy a, a guitar body, mm -hmm. like a warmth body or something like that. Yeah. Not painted, not finished, just blank. Yeah, cool. Give it to her and just whatever you want to paint on it, paint on it. Um, and have like an art piece guitar. That's cool. But um, yeah, that didn't didn't eventuate, unfortunately. But yeah, uh, there's a whole bunch of things to watch. Watch those. They're all good. <laughs> so this friend of ours, Brett, he, um, he had a guitar once that was artistically vandalized. By this crazy stalker, stalker lover girl. <coughs> do, you, do you hear the story? No. <laughs> he went away for like a week or two, and this crazy ex-girlfriend was supposed to get out of the house and take her things. Came back, she's still there, and um, she like got his acoustic guitar and painted all over it. <laughs> this is a side story between us, but yeah, she painted all over it and carved his name in the back. Oh. <laughs> but yeah. As much as we love Brett, he has a has a tendency to attract crazy people. Well, I I, I have a good friend who I used to <laughs> be, speaking of that, who I used to do duo gigs with a lot, uh, a female friend, and she used to. I'm not going to name any names here, but she used to go out with a guy who, let's just say, he's quite well known around here now for certain venues he's involved with. Let's just leave it at that. Um, on the Sunshine Coast. 
And when she broke up with him, he kind of semi-broke into her car <laughs> and carved his name into her guitar. Nice. And like, yeah, anyway. That's, a bit <laughs> <coughs> that's fantastic. <coughs> that's fantastic. Let's leave it at that. Um, Woo. So how are we going for time? Oh, no idea. 40 something, 40, 40 minutes roughly. Cool. So uh, what else What else is there to talk about? So we've covered the videos we've done. Yes. We've covered uh, lots of videos and DVDs people should buy and watch. Mm -hmm. Well, hard. nowadays it's all online, it's I guess. Homework. It's probably on um, YouTube, that stuff. Yeah. Probably YouTube. Uh, about oh, anything. most of it you can YouTube, yeah. yeah. <coughs> Actually, I was going to talk about your new obsession... Which is all, coughing. All, all that too. Your second obsession, <laughs> which is um, vintage DOD pedals. Ah, seems, yes. Seems to have gone a bit crazy. Well, I, I keep looking at there's like the thi the, uh, okay. <laughs> the funny thing is, I've been it's looking at that stuff like, for probably once a week for the last month or something. I know. I get a message saying, "Hey, uh, bought another DOD pedal." <laughs> but the thing is, I've been looking at that stuff for ages. Yeah. And the prices never went down. And now I find all this really cheap stuff. Oh. <coughs> like I just bought... I mean, so for example, right? Mm. I just bought um, the other day uh, one of the rarest ones, uh, which is the, um, the FX70P, I think. And it's the Big Pig Fat Distortion. <coughs> oh, I don't know where the dog is. <coughs> It's a pink pedal. Yeah, yeah. And it's called the Big Pig Fat Distortion. Some people call it the Big Pig Fat Distortion, but it's not pig fat. It's Big Pig oh. Fat Distortion. Big Pig Fat. Not the Big Pig Fat. <laughs> and it's this no, pink thing. Oh, I like that better. And it's it's the apparently it was only made for a, a year or so, um, and it was only available through musicians' friends. Oh, yeah. It was like a special thing they were doing, but it's quite a rare one. And there's been one on eBay for probably the last three years. Mm. Uh, buy it now, and it's like, it, it would cost maybe like almost $400 Australian yeah. after shipping and everything to get it here. Mm. And I have emailed the guy once saying, you know, it's been on there for ages. Would you consider less? Nope. Um, and then just the other day for no particular reason, I mean, not for no particular reason, someone wants to sell it. This guy put one up, yeah. um, and it was, I think it was 150 us by now or 120, um, bit like yeah, starting sure. bit starting, yep. and no one bit on it. And I was spewing, but I missed because the, pro the problem a lot of times with the American stuff is it's at funny times here in Australia when it yeah. runs out four in the morning or something yeah and I missed it and I was spewing I missed uh, the, the when it ran out mm. and then he relisted it uh, as $120 starting bid but it was also making offer and I made an offer 100 bucks yeah. and I got it cool and um, that's the only reason I bought it because I've been looking at that for literally like three four years and that's the first time it came up and same with the last one the bass grunge I've mm. never seen a bass grunge on eBay one came up. It was really cheap. I bought it. See, I think, like, the old electroharmonic stuff, big box stuff, starting to get collectible. Gets very expensive, yeah. Obviously, the clones are... Stupid. Pick, yeah, pinnacle of that idea. 
boss stuff is getting silly. The old, yeah, like slow gear and stuff. Six, seven, nine, nine. Yeah, vibrato and all that stuff. Yeah. So. Ooh, speaking of that, step down transformer. Oh, sure. I can borrow that. I forgot that last time. Sorry, talk amongst yourselves, people. <laughs> <coughs> um, I can kind of see some of this starting to get collectible and well, worth dollars. I, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily buying it because I want no, of course money out of it. Like I actually really like it. Yeah, for sure. And I like the way they look. Um, yep. And I like the... I just, I just think they're just so unique and so way ahead of their time. Mm. Way ahead of their time. Um, uh, it was actually funny because the other day um, when this whole thing with Tom Cram happened, mm. when Digitech sort of let the guy who brought Digitech kind of back, back. into the thing <laughs> when they basically fired him and his team um uh, uh there were some comments like there was the 60 cycle hum instagram um and you know people saying oh hope, you know we love dod stuff and yeah. hopefully it won't go back to 90s dod with crappy pedals like the death metal and stuff but i honestly think um they were i mean the dod stuff was great the original series dod stuff was great um but I think they were the first people, the very, very first, and the very first by like a decade, mm. to think out of the box and think, we're not just going to make these pedals that sound good, because a lot of them do sound good, Yeah. but we're going to make these and we're going to make them interesting and we're going to sort of appeal to maybe like more of a niche um, group by making a death metal, by making a punk, by making a grunge. Yeah. Um, but they're all kind of, or most of them, especially the that that first series where they did the grunge, the death metal, the punkifier. Mm. If you put four grunges next to each other, they all look slightly different because they're all painted differently. Sure. So they're all unique. Mm. They put unique names on the knobs. Um, I think they were just thinking way out of the box before anyone else even mm. considered thinking way out of the box. So I think they made a product that was, yeah, some of it was, meh. Yeah, some of it was a bit, some of it was a bit dodgy cheap and, and you know, cheap and nasty. But I mean, most of it was cheap and nasty. Back in those days, a lot of the stuff was cheap and nasty. Um, but um, I just think they were, they were really one of the only, one of the first manufacturers. And it wasn't really until you got someone like, Zachary Vex, yeah, who came along much later, and then even later, guys like Death by Audio and, um, mm. and I mean now there's like Earthquaker devices, yeah. like people that were sort of thinking outside of the box, quirky in all elements of the yeah because I mean back then in the like mid to early nineties I mean I don't know when Zivex started they probably started around then as well, but I mean they didn't get sort of big until. In the 2000s. Yeah. Um, but in the sort of mid to early 90s, like 92, 93, 94, when those pedals first started coming out, literally no one else did that. And no one else did it for another decade. Although, probably late 90s, I remember, it might have been like Total Guitar or one of those magazines. They had, you know, like the, the new gear section of like this this has been released new releases type yeah pages <coughs> and there was a picture of a super harder yeah and yeah probably i mean he was he's, he's been yeah. since the 90s i'm pretty sure but i i remember it because 
one of their um the, the little quick re review paragraph it says hey really great um clean boost and sounds great makes everything sound bigger and louder and fancier but they said that like the pros and cons one of the cons was it's a bit hard to ask your mum for one for christmas no i just i really like the stuff and um um yeah but i'm but, trying to collect all of it and i'm gonna once i finish that what i've got the things i've done now i'm gonna go for the original series as well and obviously that's not the reason you joined it but i think that stuff could um, go up in value. Well, I I think so. It should. It deserves to. Yeah, and it's also it's a little bit of a um, kind of a guess at like it's one of those things like how can you predict what stuff's going to become collectible? Yeah, you can't. And and like I said, I'm not in it for to collect yeah. it and make money out of it. And mm. I, I mean, most of most of the gear I buy, I'm not buying it because I want to sell it to make money out of it. I'm buying it because I like it. Hmm. Uh, I mean, if, 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 you know, in, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years time when I'm not around anymore, if my kids can sell it and make some money out of it, yeah. I'm happy. But They can buy a, a space car. A spa yeah, yes. One of the new suitcases that folds out into a spaceship. Yeah, from Apple. From Apple. From Pear, the new, <laughs> the new company. Um, you tried the new Mandarin for <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I just like it. I think it's it's way ahead of its time. And a lot of the stuff, it's it. See, I think, and that's I'm a bit different. I think to a lot of a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like yeah, <laughs> but a lot of people will look at certain pedals or certain guitars or certain amps or certain things mm. and go, "Oh, this is shit," you know. But I don't know. I I. I have, and you've seen it, I have a rather large collection of pedals. Yeah. From very cheap ones to very quite boutique ones. Um, I don't think there's one amongst them where I would go, that's shit. Yeah. Well, uh, there's a place, I, th probably, I think there's a place for everything. You probably wouldn't buy it if you No, but, but um, I don't think I've really come across a pedal yet that I plugged in and I just went, oh, that's crap. Because I think everything has a certain place. And to me, I think, um, and again, this is probably I'm different to other people, but um, I would much rather, if I'm, let's say I'm recording, hmm. instead of grabbing a tube screamer to record something, a guitar part, I'd much rather grab something that sounds hideous where I'm going to have to play something that make makes the sound work. It's like... You know what I mean? It's like... Setting a challenge for yourself? It's almost like a challenge, yeah. It's like yeah, right. you've got to find what makes that work. Mm. And then you do. And when you do, it sounds great. And it's unique and it's different. And it makes you play differently. It inspires you to do something different. Yeah, sure. You know, it's, it, it, instead of, it's not the same stuff every day. It's, mm. it's, and that's part of what I like about it. Like, I've kind of gone a similar approach for a different reason. Because I, I've got my guitar rig that I do gigs with. Yes. And that's a small part of my gear. <laughs> yes, same here. And uh, so the other <coughs> stuff I've kind of built up mostly because of my studio. Yeah, and, same here. And wanting unique sounds because everyone who comes comes to record is going to have a, a Strat or a Telly or a Les Paul and a Chief Screamer and a yeah. Delay and yeah. whatever. 
just because um the majority of guitars have have that stuff because um because they want to sound like Stevie Ray. Yeah, <laughs> whatever reason like, they have the stuff, whether it's Stevie Ray or Hendrix or Mark Knopfler. So, the stuff I've kind of collected and bought and acquired is more to the quirky side because I want to fill those gaps in with exactly. recording projects. So, um, things like whether it's pedals or amps or a ukulele bass or a ukulele bass, and um, particularly guitars. Like, I've got two strat style guitars one's a old 77 japanese lawsuit greco which plays and feels great sounds great yeah it doesn't have the fender sticker on it so it's only cost me six hundred dollars <laughs> yeah you know? even though it's probably just as good as a lot of them yeah you feel better it's a different sticker yeah but all the other stuff's a bit more quirkier on the side of things yeah so, um both warm off builds one's a, like a Jazzcaster, Jazzmaster with Tele pickups and it's got P90s. P90 style, yeah. Routed mahogany body and all sort of odd stuff. Just because <coughs> no other production guitar will sound like that. Yeah. And um, I'll, the one behind me is the Larave, which is like a, I guess it's like a Les Paul's um, Studio. Junior. Oh, Junior. Junior Studio. Junior with, with the P90s. P90s, flat top, um, single cutaway thing. <coughs> um, you know, stuff like that where the can kind of fill in gaps for clients that come in. But, I mean, I'm the same, but I don't have clients. I'm, yeah. I'm my only client. But, I mean, um, if I think of, like, the last maybe couple of guitars I've sold, mm. um, I had a, which was beautiful, absolutely awesome guitar, and part of me kind of wishes I didn't sell it. Um, I had this Edwards Les Paul, um, oh. which Edwards, if, if people haven't heard about Edwards, Edwards is a... Uh, subsidiary do you call it that subsidiary of esp so um in japan there's esp guitars which is like the the daddy mm -hmm. the granddaddy and underneath that is esp guitars and ltd guitars and the esp custom shop but then there's also edwards and then there's also what are they called something like novation but not novation not um Navigator, oh, Navigator, right. okay. and you have, um, but uh, Edwards and Navigator mm. are only meant for the Japanese market, right? Because in Japan, somehow they got around the copyright issue thing, or somehow it doesn't seem to apply there much. Through uh, ninja skills. Ninja skills. Yeah. No, but the thing is, you go to Japan, you go to one of the shops. And the shops are insane in Tokyo. Carl's just there. Carl Lynch yeah, is saw, over there right now. <laughs> I saw some music. A friend of ours. And I said to him, best best music shops in the world. And there are. Like, you've, if, you've, if you think you've seen insane guitar shops anywhere else in the world, go to like Shinjuku or Okanamitsu, whatever it's called, the two suburbs in yeah. Tokyo where they do have guitar shops. You've never, ever, ever seen anything like that in your I life. I say need to go. It's beyond insane. Maybe like it's next year. Just think, I mean, the Japanese culture generally, they don't believe in just 100%. It's everything has to be 200%. You either go way and well and truly above anything or nothing. And they go well and truly. It's insane. The amount of gear that's in there. 
And anyway, they have like you go and they have like whole rooms of just one brand, yeah. and wow. every model and fr you know from custom shop staff to PRS the the what is it called the private collection or collection or whatever it is called the, like the private stock, private stock. yeah <coughs> you know hundred grand guitars like fifty of them <laughs> <coughs> anyway. Um, you go into these rooms and you think there's actually one of the big shops there is the ESP custom shop. Yeah, right. And you walk in there and they have like guitars that look like the Millennium Falcon and like a Formula yeah. One car and wow. there's one that looks like a like the um like a statue of a Madonna kind of thing. Like weird stuff, right? Like custom shop stuff. Uh but then you go into these rooms and they have the Edwards room mm. and they have like room full of strats and Edwards is mostly the fender kind of stuff. So you have like strats and um, tellies um, in every color, every shape. Same headstock. I don't know. That's what I mean. I don't know how to get away with it. Yep. <laughs> but not just that. Then you go and you have, and they don't necessarily write the actual name, but they'll be like the Mark Knopfler strat and they'll be like the John Frusciante strat and they'll be the SRV strat and, you know, and they look relicked and everything. Mm. And the, um, so the, the Edward stuff is like, not full top end, but it's pretty high quality stuff. Um, and then they also make uh, Les Pauls. And the one I had was the um, Jimmy Page. Oh, right. So it was relict like the Jimmy Page. Sure. And it had... Um, I don't think I ever saw that. Didn't it? No. Um, ben had one of those kind of like that as well. But like, it was a different color. Ben had a real Gibson one. No, no, he had an Edwards too. Yeah, sure. But he, I know he had a real Gibson... Yeah, he had a couple of really. He's page, he, no, he the page signature. No, um, Wojtek had that. He borrowed it. Oh, it was a borrowed. His friend Wojtek ah. owned it. One of the actual proper ones. Yeah, yeah. With the switching, the stupidly yeah. expensive ones. <coughs> right. Um, no, no, and uh, he was looking after get some guitars for his friend Wojtek for a while. Right. He had like one of the um, Guild Red Specials. Oh, did he? Uh, which are quite limited as well, I think. When G Guild actually made them, where does Ben find these guitars? <laughs> well, that's all. That's he gets his friend Wojtek, who used to be an investment broker. Ah. He made a lot of money, I think. Yes. I think that's how it worked. And he got him to buy all this stuff and and as an investment. And I don't know if he still has it or not. But <laughs> um, anyway, <coughs> um, so yeah, I had this Les Paul, Jimmy Page. Les Paul copy where it was all kind of relict. It was the one pickup was covered, one was uncovered because one was a super distortion, the other one was a whatever it was, I don't know. Uh, and it was a great guitar. Uh, and it, it, again, it was at the time when I worked at a music shop mm. and we had Les Pauls in, high-end Les Pauls, and none of them I liked anywhere near as much as I liked that guitar. It was a great guitar. Um, anyway, so that's, yeah, so that's Edwards. And yep. then you have one level up, which is... Um, what did it? What was it called again? Um, not Novation. Um, Navigator. Navigator. Yeah. Which is like full on custom shop stuff. Oh, was it really? Okay. Like really high end stuff, right. but again only for the Japanese market. So uh, did you get yours in Japan or here? No, no, I bought it here online. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's some great. Mm. And and like headstock is the same, <coughs> and it was funny because <coughs> I was um, I was a few years back I was involved in this tour, and I was the supporting act opening up for Leo Sayer. And the very first night, I was watching the show, and um, the guitarist um, uh, in that band, Paul Paul Burton, 
or Paul Berton or something. It's a Czech name. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it probably, but Paul, who I would love to have on the show actually as well, mm, who's done cool. in Sydney. And if I get a chance, I'll go and – because he's an awesome dude. He's played with like Dave Garibaldi and people like that. And like he's one of those – he's quite well known in Australia and sort of in the behind-the-scenes world. Yeah, cool. Um, actually – Funny on this, like again, sidetrack. <laughs> but um, we did this national tour, and I was part of the support act. I played with a guy who was on X Factor. He was a runner up on X Factor. I was his guitarist. And we were the opening act for Leah Sayer, and we toured Australia for like seven months, six, seven months. Mm. And we came to, we did a show in Nambu here at the Civic Center. And uh, we'd always watch them do sound check because they played some awesome stuff in the sound check. Because yeah. Bill, who's another guy I would like to have on the show, Bill Risby, mm. piano player, awesome piano player. Like, And if you talk to keyboard players and stuff in Australia, a lot of them, if you say Bill Risby, they go, oh, wow, Bill Risby. Like, yeah. he's, like, up there. Right. Anyway, cool. um, he plays in a Steely Dan cover band in Sydney, or used to anyway. Yeah. And then there'll be times when they start playing Steely Dan stuff, just out of the blue. Cool. Um, and, like, really good. Like, they're great, great band. Mark Kennedy on drums, who's... Another guy who's like a... Another name, yeah. He's like one of the... Again, if you talk to a lot of drummers in Australia mm. and you say Mark Kennedy is the drum, like his drummer, you go, oh, wow, Mark Kennedy. He played on a Duran Duran album. <laughs> this is now getting sidetracked from the story. Anyway, I'll tell it anyway. So, <laughs> sorry, I'm getting really sidetracked, but it's, it's, it's cool. So, he, he used... He, um, he, was, he lived in Sydney, I guess, at the time. Mm. And he was sort of one of the, I guess, more well-known drummers and session guys he was asked to be the drummer in acdc when the original drummer something was going on with the original drummer right okay and he said no he didn't want to be in it <laughs> anyway so he could have been in acdc but so duran duran apparently after they had their really big album in england mm. the, like the big worldwide hit <coughs> they had some tax issues in england so they actually came to australia and recorded the follow-up album in Australia. Right, okay. And used a lot of Australian musicians. So Mark played on that Duran Duran, whatever that Duran Duran album is. And he was saying, basically, they would pretty much have, like, they'd stay at this hotel. I think it was in Sydney. I've been Sydney and Melbourne, but I'm just going to say Sydney. And it pretty much had, like, two or three stories of the hotel. It was just for them. Yeah, cool. And their entourage and stuff. And he said, there was always this little guy, a really kind of dweeby looking little guy, mm. who always had like a suitcase and he was walking around and he was always sort of quietly walking around. And he thought, oh, maybe like a drug guy or something like that. Anyway, he does a recording, comes to the end of the recording and he goes, uh, he, like he's been invoicing him and, or whatever, you know, it's a, you know, for his sessions. And they send him into this room and he walks into his room and his little dweeby guy sits there. <laughs> and he said, he opened up the suitcase and it was full of cash. So he just—he was a guy who looked after the money. The money guy. And he—he he was carrying his suitcase full of cash, yeah. and he just said, "Okay, I owe you this much," and he just gave him the money, cash, out of the suitcase. So he the suitcase, and <coughs> that's how he got paid. <laughs> that's how they end up with tax issues. That's <laughs> how they end up with tax issues. But that's—that's <coughs> that's the side story of the side story. Yeah. <coughs> anyway, so oh, sorry. Speaking of side stories. Yeah. I used to um, <coughs> after high school, I did couple of years study with this old jazz guy yeah and one i used to always have the last lesson of the day in the afternoon a half hour lesson went for an hour and a half or hour 20. we just chat and jam and show me stuff and tell stories and he used to play like in rock and roll bands in the 60s and he was doing like done a lot of yeah, stuff okay. in his life 
<coughs> One time we was talking about doing gigs on um, like resort islands up north Queensland. Okay. Great Barrier Reef. And uh, one of his recommendations was, oh, because he did this resort gig and this guy ran the resort, just like wandered around, really crazy dude, always wore cargo pants. And uh, he would just pay you if wads of cash in his cargo pants. <laughs> <laughs> so, <coughs> so one of the lessons was, like after we'd done the guitar stuff, it was like, work out who's laundering money in town and go do gigs for them. Because <laughs> that's always paid well in cash. <coughs> it's funny, actually. We played on Daydream Island a bit, which is up oh. north here. And... Um, <laughs> Got me coughing. Um, the guy who ran, one of the guys who sort of ran the place, we stayed there one night and it was, it was just funny. He was a, he was like an odd dude. He was like a nice, really nice guy, but odd dude. And he sort of ran the place pretty much. But one night we were all in a hotel room because we, we usually, we usually got one or two rooms and we would have like right. share rooms. Right. Um, and we were in a hotel room. The next thing you know is we hear a knock on the window <laughs> yeah. and it was him. And he climbed from his balcony over to our balcony, like, I don't know how many stories up, yeah. knocked on a window and said, oh, man, guys, come over to the party. It was funny. <laughs> this on. is the guy who ran the whole island. Nice. Anyway. Um, okay. So back to where I was originally was. So uh, we did this. Um, forgot where, where were we? Um, the Leo Sayer thing. Yep. So uh, Edward's guitars. Oh, yeah. So um, uh, <laughs> the guy, um, the guy, uh, so Paul. Yeah. <coughs> guitarist in his band guitarist yep okay. who um, great guitar player really really like good player beautiful solos every night different as well like he always improved like it's nothing and just beautiful taste very tasteful player great sound as well mm. and I looked at his Les Paul and I went that doesn't look like a Les Paul does it Turns out it was an Edwards, and that's sort of how we bonded. Because I yeah, said, right. oh, "I've got an Edwards," and he goes, "Oh, I never heard of anyone else that ever heard of Edwards before." Yep. And he bought this Edwards, and it was a killer sounding guitar. And he had the Jimmy Page wiring yeah, right. aftermarket installed, yep. where he can do like I don't know how many forty different pickup combinations, yeah, some stupid thing like that, because he can do each coil individually, and he can phase split them and phase reverse them. Turn and them inside out and back. <coughs> And, but he beautiful player. Um, did, did, you know the wiring. <coughs> you know because he did it himself or his tech did it, like just made it up. There's actually one combination of push pull pots that actually makes no sound. Oh, probably, possibly. Yeah, um, I think Ben showed me on that actual Gibson one. Okay, yeah. But yeah, there's a. If like, you do that, 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 yeah, no sound. Yeah, no sound at all. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. And then there's the two buttons under the scratch plate too. There's it? two push buttons under the yeah. scratch plate. Cool. For the original wiring, there's a dog on your lap. Is it? Um, is that yes. what that is? So yeah, Edwards. I mean, this has got mm. very sidetracked there, but um, I think I know know about them through yourself and our friend Ben, because you guys great sort of, sort of got me into that Japanese lawsuit stuff a bit. It's really good. Yeah, I mean the the, the old Fernandez stuff and the Toka, yeah, Fernandez Tokai, um, Greco, Greco yeah. which I mean the Japanese were clever because um, yeah. I mean I don't know the whole story that well. There's actually a really good website if you're into the Japanese um, um, into the Japanese uh, uh, lawsuit stuff. Uh, super nice guy, this guy AC. He's a guy in Japan um, who uh, we've bought a fair few things off in the past. Ben and I. Oh yeah. And Ben met him when he went to Japan once as well. Yeah, cool. Um, it's I think it's called musictrade.com. Music-trade. Yeah. 
think you might have sent me that link once. And uh, it's got the whole story of Japanese lawsuit stuff. Because the thing is, they made all these guitars that were only meant for the Japanese market, right? And when they first started making them in the sort of late 60s, early 70s, they just made them from pictures, yeah, right. right? But then with the whole Beatles thing and the whole, you know, the, the English invasion and stuff, which also sort of happened in Japan partially, mm. um, some of the older instruments started coming a little bit into Japan because yeah. they didn't have any like Gibson Fender, any of that stuff in there. So what happened is they would have like one or two of these like vintage strats and the Japanese are Meticulous. part of the th part of the culture and part of a, a a thing that's very high up in in honoring someone is by doing an exact copy of something yeah, that's cool. considered like a, a, the highest honor to copy something yeah. and they are just by the, by nature by the, the way the culture is super meticulous people yeah. so they make these copies of these old fenders and gibsons that were like spot on yeah. absolutely to the millimeter spot on um to the point where a lot of these guitars um play just as good as some of the old fenders and stuff, oh, yeah. stuff. um and then a, more artists western artists went to japan and started getting a hold of these guitars and it's funny because there's some pictures of guys like Clapton back in the days, Is and he'd be playing a Tokai, but ah. it it looks like Fender because they write Tokai like Fender. Yeah, yeah. Even Steve Ray Vaughan had one of his no, second what? guitars was a, a Tokai, I think. Really, I didn't so know that. A lot of these guys had some because they got them from Japan because they were really good guitars, mm. like not second guitar but like his eighth guitar. Or I don't know, you know, yeah. like one of the guitars. <coughs> but there's footage of them playing those guitars, and more and more people got wind of it. That's when Fender went in there to do the, the whole lawsuit thing, yeah. which in the end I don't think they won that, because oh, yeah. in Japan there is laws around it. But what they ended up doing is they went in to buy. Um, Fender went and bought some of the Japanese factories, which yeah. then turned into Squire. But the Japanese, being clever, um, a lot of the really good stuff. A lot of the good Fernandes and Tokai and Greco stuff back in those days came out of Fuji Gen, which is the still the big like where all the custom shop Ibanez stuff comes out of and uh, Fuji Gen Gaki. But even though that's the factory that made a lot of those guitars, they didn't sell that factory to Fender. So Fender bought another factory, yeah. uh, so which wasn't as high end as anyway. So, but That's they're really cool guitars. Cool. I think it's musictrade.com, music-trade, or something like that anyway. Yeah. Um, and it, you can read about the whole history of the Japanese lawsuit thing. You can buy a whole bunch of guitars. And he's super nice, AC. Mm. Um, if you do go there and look at stuff and buy something, tell him Gabor send you. Um, I haven't spoken to him in ages. But yeah, super nice guy. Cool. I probably bought seven or eight guitars off him, mm. which most of them I sold. But actually, a lot of my students bought. Yeah, cool. Because they're great guitars. Yep. Really, really good guitars. Mm. Anyway, what are we going for time? Ooh, over an hour already. So, uh, did we finish talking about everything there? What, what what did we start off talking about there? Uh, Fuzz Factory? <laughs> yeah, I think something like that. Anyway, so I think that's everything. Doesn't really matter. But, uh, um, yeah. So, uh, hopefully... Um, one of the next podcasts will be with a guest again, mm. but I'm just waiting for these antibiotics to hopefully finally clear this stupid infection off 
So I stopped coughing and because I don't particularly want to go to people's places and cough all over their stuff. I find <laughs> it a bit funny. Um, so, I mean, uh, here with Alex, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love it. That's I, um, amazing. I always come in, rub my nose and his microphones and stuff. Yeah. <coughs> um, and cough all over his computer. Nose if I'm lucky. Yeah, well. <coughs> so, on that note, um, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Uh, yeah. Make sure to subscribe. Subscribe? Yeah, you subscribe on iTunes, don't you? Sure yes, yeah, subscribe. We're, so, we're on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Um, make sure to yeah. uh, listen to all that stuff on all those things. And, uh, yes. The uh, YouTube videos, if you want to jump on there and subscribe if you already haven't. That's the one. That'd be really cool. Appreciate that. Also, if you want T-shirts, I'm wearing one right now. So, if you have the um, the glasses, the special mm. glasses, you can watch it. Uh, you can see me do it. But uh, if you look at some of our videos recent, um, like as in mid-May uh, um, videos we did um, on your YouTube channel, you can see Alex wear one of those and we'll be wearing it more often in the videos uh, yeah if you would like a t-shirt let us know uh, there will be sooner or later will be a Patreon account as well but we'll get into all that so uh, anyway thanks for listening um, thanks so much and I uh, hope you all having a lovely day and uh, catch you soon catch you soon yeah. bye bye <laughs> 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 <laughs>